Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All elements, for me, of this framework, you know, create a, a team that works together jointly towards goals and, and executing a vision that, that the leader may have. It's really powerful because it's about them, not about the leader. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful Saturday morning here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I have bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Leadership Series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S. and now in the U.K. I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top performing show, so thank you very much. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership as a framework to help you systematically develop your leadership skills. Now, there have been so many great books written on leadership, but most are missing a framework to be able to understand this complex topic. My guest today has addressed this issue. Patrick Flessner is an expert at observing business leadership, and he has written a brand new book called The Leadership House, a leadership tale about the challenging path to become an effective leader. This innovative new book is written as a story of a leader on a quest to find the secret of effective leadership. And I love Patrick's unique approach to this topic and the framework that he unveils in this book. This is a conversation that every leader needs to hear. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Flessner. 
Patrick has been working in private equity, venture capital, and mergers and acquisitions for two decades. He was a partner at LeadX Capital Partners, where he created one of Europe's largest portfolio of companies in digital commerce. He is the author of a brand new book called The Leadership House, a leadership tale about the challenging path to become an effective leader. In this book, Patrick unveils a leadership framework that will enable you to systematically develop your leadership skills and become a highly effective leader. I am excited to have him on the show to talk about this leadership framework. So, Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, John. I highly appreciate it. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's great to meet you, and, and congratulations on this book. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about it, especially the idea of a framework. And, and we're going to get into that because I think Leadership tends to be a lot of different ideas, and I think a framework helps put it in a perspective that's easier to understand. Uh, but before we dive into the book, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about uh, your background uh, in what you've been doing throughout your career and how those experiences help you better understand the importance of leadership. Yes, of course. So as you said, um, I've been working in PE, VC, and M&A for, for two decades, and I think first half of my career, I spent working as a PE lawyer. I was a partner also in business law firms there. And I always, you know, thought I should be on the other side. Um, and, and I attended the INSEAD MBA program to go on the other side and managed to do so in 2015 uh, when Metro Group, the big wholesaler, international wholesaler, asked me to, to set up their venture activities. And since then, I'm actively now working with high growth businesses and 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 investing in them but if we talk about investing it's not only about providing money i always say and probably every investor says this the work actually starts after having provided the money in terms of working really with the leadership teams and um you know creating value for them helping them scale their businesses and one part is certainly leadership but leadership also if you think about Metro as a big wholesaler, publicly traded company. I also had leaders I had to follow. I was also a leader with hopefully some followers. And, you know, law firms are special animals, but leadership is also important there. And I had to learn my lessons as well there. And over time, I certainly understood that more or less, I would say 99% of all reasons for success and failures had have to do with leadership. Mm, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, you know, I was thinking about it, uh, you know, preparing for this discussion with you is when you were going about to put in a lot of money into a company and help yeah. them scale, you really do put a lot of faith and a lot of trust in that leader. That leader is is really important. I would imagine part a lot of what you look at when you're going to invest is not just the company and its financials and its history and its products and its market, but also the people that are going to going to lead that effort. I would imagine that's a big part of it. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you are like an early stage investor, you look for two things. It's a huge market opportunity and a strong team. Now, I've been investing more later stage. You know, I could look into data and understand, have this, uh, has this business already found product market fit? Has it validated the business model? But the main question remains, is the leader, is the CEO, is the founder team able to create a huge company out of the business that it is currently? So 
it's about leadership, but also about trust. It's really about, you know, we have to work for years together. Do I trust this person? So, so the ideal situation is I get in touch with the founders, with the management teams, maybe half a year, a year earlier. So I see how they deal with certain situations. How do they cope with challenges? I get to know them personally so that we can build real relationships because I think real relationships is the basis for, for trust. And, um, but sometimes we have to be really fast and have to make this decision fast. And then I think at the end of the day, since we cannot look at the, the heads of our people in front of us, it also boils down a little bit to gut feeling and, 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 you know, how does it feel? But trust is so important. For me, it's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a part of your book. We'll talk about trust here in a little bit. Um, but uh, so the book is called The Leadership House, a leadership tale about the challenge, challenging path to become an effective leader. Tell us uh, about the inspiration for the book, uh, why you wrote it, and who was the audience for this book? Yeah. So I, as I said, I wrote a book before that, was, that is called Fast Scaling. Um, and one reason for writing the first book was that many founders I work with actually fail because they want to scale their businesses too fast. So I thought, you know, how could I help them? And not only the people I work with, but, you know, all the founders out there. So I decided to write this book. Um, and it's, it's written as a handbook, pretty German style, pretty to the point. Um, and then, you know, a year later, I thought, you know, actually choosing the wrong growth strat strategy is also nothing but a, let's say, leadership decision with a poor outcome. Mm. I, I don't like bad or poor decisions, yeah, but, and, and you know, and then I started talking to founders, you know, what are your challenges and, and uh, what, what about leadership? And one common feedback I received was, you know, oh, Patrick, leadership. Leadership comes in, in piecemeal fashion. One day I hear I must be humble and strong at the same time. Yes. Uh, then I attend a leadership course and they tell me, uh, don't micromanage. You know, you have to inspire and empower buzzwords. Yeah? And then, you know, I also worked for a publicly traded company. I also participated in this once, once a year cross-building activities off-site. Off, off I know, but what we do, we are back in the trenches and we lead following our gut feeling. And that was more or less the feedback I received, not only from founders, but also from executives I worked with. And I thought, you know, okay, let's think about what I have learned throughout two, two, two years in leadership, uh, 20 years in, in leadership positions. Is, there, is it possible to, to create a framework that, you know, solves, solves this problem that, you know, people can, can take and just apply day in, day out to, to successfully walk the leadership path to successfully become better and more effective leaders, something, you know, a tool. Mm -hmm. So, and that was the inspiration. And certainly until I found the leadership house framework, it took me, took me some time, a lot of readings and a lot of thinking, but it, I ended up with this framework. And I think the feedback I've received so far is that, you know, it really helps. I think it's important. I think the framework is important and we're going to get into that. And I'm really excited about that idea, that concept, because Frankly, I've seen the same thing. There's 15,000 books been written on leadership. You right. take it in all these different directions, but I think we need more and more tools to help package leadership in a way that helps people to be more, more effective in what they're doing. So 
I, I'm, you know, my hats off to you for 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 doing this to create this framework because I think it's really important. Question to you though: This is uh, this is sort of based this this is a leadership story about a CEO who walks a challenging path. So, uh, why did you write it as a story? I was kind of interesting, uh, uh, interested in how you why you took that path versus, uh, as you said, your first book was a little more direct and to the point, uh, and so this one's more of a story. I'm curious to know why you chose that style. That's a great question because actually I wrote the, this book as a handbook again. So there is another book written as a handbook. But yeah, I, I, I like this book and maybe it becomes a workbook, working book uh, later on. But I, when I thought about it, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of my style again, straight to the point. But, you know, I thought if I, if I wrap this framework into the story, you know, and, and then share in the story also real life experience I have made, could it be more tangible for people? You know, if they read the story, they have fun, they enjoy the story, and while moving through the story, they move through through the framework and learn why the the elements are important, what they mean, and how they can apply it. I've never written a novel, yeah, so I didn't know whether I could do this. So I was, you know, running around for probably six weeks, and then suddenly I woke up three o'clock in the morning. No, I went downstairs, grabbed a coffee, went to the basement and started writing. Mm. And now it's really, it's about whenever I open this book, I'm still curious and, and still don't really believe that I have really written this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're why he's publishing it. So I, it's, yeah, but it seems I'm, I have a creative uh, source somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They talk about the muse being like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I read a book once that talked about the muse and the critic as an author. Your your muse is telling you, this is good, keep going. And then your critic is saying, eh, I don't know if it's so good, good enough. Yeah. Your, your muse was going crazy with that story. And, and it's great to see that uh, you're able to get your tap into your creative side, you know, because, you know, you've, you're dealing with a very, um, uh, a very, I don't know, the best way to describe it is much more black and white issues, uh, you know, more more business issues, whereas the creative side, uh, the, you know, the story side of it is much more uh, open and fluid, and you're bringing those two together. And again, I think it's really important that uh, we, as humans, we connect to stories a lot, uh, a lot more than just facts and figures. Yeah. So the story, using a story is a very, I think, a brilliant way to do it, because you're going to be teaching fundamentals, but you're going to do it in a way that uh, is going to be more appealing to readers and they're more likely to get information out of it. So my hat's off to you putting it in a story format. In fact, our last guest in our last episode, we talked about the power of storytelling and you're using storytelling to touch these principles. So it's a great, uh, great approach. Um, so why, why do you think, and we've touched on a little bit, why do you think it's important that we try to understand leadership as a framework? How, well, how The idea of a framework why is that helpful? Yeah, I, th I think all, all the the books that we read and all the advi advice we get is this is often very good advice, very good books. But I think you know, in my own experience, as as I said before, if people tell me certain things, I I may apply them, but do I really make the leap from from leader to highly effective leader? I'm getting a bit better, but I'm still concerned, you know, do I actually understand leadership? And I, I 
it took me a long time. You know, leadership was also, also for me something I couldn't really grab and get my head around. Um, and this is also what, you know, everybody actually tells me. You know, it, it's it's helpful, but it's not the way. It's not, it doesn't show me the way I need to go. Um, and, and the framework, you know, is something, and, and also the leadership house is, is kind of a picture, right? You know, you have a foundation, mm -hmm. you have pillars and you have a roof. It's something that you can remember. Yeah, I, you know, I believe, for example, that, that, that trust is the foundation of leadership, of the leadership house. If you, if you like the framework, if you like the book, you will never forget that. Mm. And you will, you know, if you, if, you, if you go back to work and think about leadership, you will automatically think about trust and how important it is to build, to build trusting relationship with people. Because in trusting relationships, we feel safe. And if we feel safe, you know, like in the family, we do not hesitate. We do not watch our backs. We, we challenge one another. We give negative feedback because everybody knows it's not about the person. It's more about the topic. It's about the in leadership. It's about the team, about the goal. If you, if you build trusting relationships and, and trust is important for the team, but it's, it's important also if you want to hold people accountable, mm. it's easier to, to, to hold people accountable if, if the people know that it's not against them. It's, it's, you know, they trust you, that you, you are there because you want the best for them and for the best for the team. So trust has implications for everything. And this is also why I've chosen not to put the team as the foundation, but trust. Mm. So yeah, so we've got trust as a foundation. What are some other elements that are in the, the framework? Yeah, so I think, Based on trust, there are actually, I would say, three, three parts. The first is, you know, how to build a strong team. The second is how to set up a team for success. And the third is to, to make execution possible, to really get to the results. Right? And, and, and let's, let's talk a, model in, a little bit about the first three elements is, is trust and how to build a strong team. Strong team is the first pillar. And if I talk about a strong team and ask leaders what is a strong team, very often, and I would be curious to hear what, what, what you hear, but the answer is I need to put the right people in the right roles. Yeah. But, you know, you may like sports. I, I like soccer, for example. I don't know whether, you know, the P PSG, Paris soccer team, you know, they definitely have the right people in the right roles, but they don't win. They will never, ever win the championships. And, and in my view, they're not working as a team. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, it's more about having the right people in the right roles. You know, having the right people for me has actually two dimensions. And this is, you know, functional fit, but then cultural fit. Yeah. Do we embrace the same values? And, and one value should be always, in my view, teamwork. Mm. Uh, if we have teamwork, you know, that you know, it's it's all about the team, about the success of the team. Then I think you you create a team that is more than the sum of some of its parts. And and therefore, for me, it's about trust, strong team as the first pillar, and then shared values as the second pillar. Has to do with culture, no? Mm -hmm. To be honest, creating a strong culture, which is also difficult. Another buzzword. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we hear culture talked about a lot. Um, you know, and in fact, I posed a question on Twitter the other day, which was, uh, how does a good leader fix a bad culture? 
And it was interesting, some of the responses, but some of them were like, oh, a leader doesn't affect the culture that much. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's not my experience. You know, in, in turning around eight different manufacturing businesses, it was all about the culture. It was all about establishing the right culture as I came in as the new leader to try to turn the business around. It was always about putting together what were the most important things, what were the priorities, what was what were the standards that was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable, uh, you know, and 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 you know, and our goals and in where we wanted to take the business. Uh, that was a big part of it was establishing the right culture. So, h- how is culture important in your view? So, so it, it's funny that you say this, you know, because I've already started working on the third book. <laughs> it's about culture. It's about company culture, and it's the intersection between change management or change leadership and culture. So mm. it's about, you know, someone, you know, it's a it's a family business this time. Yeah. And and the reason for for not not performing well is is a dysfunctional organization, but because a, a an unhealthy culture and the 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 protagonist, you know, needs to change the culture and she needs to change leadership to get to get going. So, because I agree what you say, culture is so important and you can change culture, but it's difficult. It's it's not something you do overnight by just saying, let's embrace, embrace different values. I mean, probably you also know leaders who decide, you know, um, to put um, a few few values on, on the wall and in, in the entrance hall and now, now, and believe now, now everybody will, will, will behave differently. That's not the way it's going to work, right? Um, right, right. Because it's it's really the the it's not just the words of the leader, but it's the actions of the leader and how they back up what they say. If they say this is what the way we're going to be from now on, this, the second that they violate that through their actions, then it's it's just words. They're not important. It's it, it's it's words and it's it's how the leader puts that in action that is so important with when it comes to turning a a changing a culture that may be you know, uh, it, it might not be performing at a high level and you want to bring it to a higher level. Uh, a lot of it is, is, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and, and making sure your words match, uh, your actions match your words. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you cannot even, you know, behave in a, in a wrong way once, you know, if, if you do that once, you know, people think, you know, ah, you will probably do that more often. It's so cultural, the values are not so important. So it's really important to be a role model. Um, and and also the third book will actually have a framework. And I think if you want to change culture, it's it's also about creating this kind of sense of urgency about you know building a like like a core team that you know wants to create this change. Um, and and one reason for writing this third book is again the same: people don't know how to do it. Mm. Right, you know, and it is important. If you know, think about it. If I I want to work with people, you know, that are there for the same purpose, I am there. That maybe you know strive for achieving the same vision, yeah. But also agree in terms of how we do it, and and that's for me. Culture is you know, purpose. Why do we do the things we do? Vision. What do we want to achieve? Are we aligned in this regard? And then. How do we want to achieve this? Our values, do we agree? I think if everything is aligned, we will see the desired behavior of, of our team members. And if culture, if values are not aligned, a simple example is 80% want to collaborate and 20% don't give a 
don't care, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? You know, and if the leader accepts this, it's already the the, the start of the of the end because others will will see that collaboration is not important. Um, so you will see the the few people who are not living up to the values, you know, in, in, infect the others. So it's really as a leader about being a role model, about being consistent, about you know walking the talk. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, you got me thinking. I've been thinking about this <clears throat> as I saw it in the book. This idea of teamwork, you know, uh, you call it the secret sauce of successful teams. And then you also say that it's not about just putting the right talent in the right position. You have to create, um, you know, Again, I've been on some amazing teams, and, and and when it all when it all hits, it's it's amazing. It's it's a, the sum is greater than the parts, right? When when you create this teamwork, how what are some ideas or thoughts of how we develop those those really special teams that have that gel and that work together to achieve uh, a common objective? Um, 
what what are some ideas maybe from the book or your own experiences that help us get that team to be performing like a team and not just some all-stars that are in some positions? No, yeah, absolutely. I think and many of the other elements of the leadership house framework are about ensuring that teams collaborate, about generating teamwork. Maybe one other pillar is called shared goals. Mm. So we all know that we, uh, that, let me start that way. Purpose, why do we do the things we do? Important. Vision, great. But purpose and vision, many times rather intangible. We cannot say, here's our purpose, here's our vision, let's go and get there. You don't see necessarily people collaborate. You know, they might start at different ends. They might <laughs> do not reach to, out to each other. So there must be something more tangible. And these can be more short-term goals, right? You know, maybe three to five goals. The question now is, and, and, and many leaders I worked with thought, you know, they had to tell their teams what to do. Yeah. Huh? I'm... I'm I'm disagreeing. Yeah, at least if you have created a strong team, yeah, right people, right roles, same values, they trust each other. Yeah. Why do I want to tell them now what to do? Hopefully, I have hired people who are smarter than I am, at least in their area of expertise. Yeah. So so I don't tell them what to do. I involve them in the goal setting process and ask them, you know, this is our vision. What do you think? How do we get there? Yeah, And, you know, psychologically, in my experience, it is, you know, suddenly the goals that I wanted to impose on them become their goals because mm -hmm. they input, they are involved, and, and they tell me what, what they think they should do. And the magic happens because they think, you know, that's the right thing to do, and they will do whatever they can to achieve them. Mm -hmm. and, and also, if they need help, they start reaching out to people. And if they see that the goals they have created might be might be missed because some other team members do not live up to the expectations expectation of the team, they might also challenge them. Mm -hmm. And this is why, and that is only one element, but one element that is important if you want to create teamwork and and you know create a team that you know works towards goals. I think it's about involving them. I've also talked about accountability. Yeah, I think it's also an, an, it's also an element of the leadership house framework, and accountability is a, also a buzzword again for me. It's about you know holding our team members accountable for both the tasks, but especially for the results they achieve. Mm. And if you if you hold them accountable for the results they achieve, and if accountability is a, is a value in the team, so everybody knows it's about achieving results, then you know people work towards results they they won't tell you well it's not my fault that we didn't achieve our shared goals was not my responsibility they know it no it's it's about the results and again if you know that you are measured by the results you achieve and you see that you might miss them again you reach out you ask for help yeah, yeah? and you offer help so all elements for me of this framework you know create a team that works together jointly towards goals and and executing a vision that that the leader may have, but it's really powerful because it's about them, not about the leader. Yeah, yeah. 
that's a that's really important. And and the one thing I learned, you know, over doing this for for thirty years is uh, is that when I did involve my my employees in you know some of the goal setting that we did, like we used to do an annual offsite with the management teams, you know, and we would sort of say, okay, where do we want to go this year? Here's here's what we did last year. Where do we want to go this year? And I really involved you know, the, the leadership team and sort of setting up the goals for the business for the year. Yeah. And one of the things I learned through that process is there was ownership. Like they, it wasn't just coming down from on high, you know, scrap has to be here. EBITDA is here. You know, growth is here. Revenue growth is here. Uh, we, we, it was more a bottom up, like, like what, what did we do right? What did we do wrong last year? What, what can we do this year? You know, what are the things that we want to get done this year? And when I involved the teams, the 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 measures became their measures, not my measures. It became exactly. you know, there was a high level of ownership towards the goals, and I think that's a big part of it. And um, and I think a lot of times in corporate we we want to push down goals. You know, yeah. it was like we're in charge. We'll tell you what the goals are, and then they become they're not they're they're not owned by the people. They're just that's that's John's goals. Those aren't those aren't my goals, right? So I think when we evolve when we evolve people in the process, then there's a high level of ownership. And then there's and especially if they work together developing them, then there's like a team, these are the team's goals. This is what we want to do. We think as a team we can achieve this year. And I think that's more powerful than something coming down from a, a memo from the corporate office. Absolutely, I think you've also experienced a situation where you, where you ask them, and you can, suddenly you can just listen. Yes, you can listen to what everybody says, and you know, if you then actively listen, it's just wonderful. You know, you you might hear something. You know, I think that should be our goal. But then, you know, Fred, you should be able to deliver this. And can you actually? And they t start talking, and you're sitting there, and you know, suddenly it's not about you having a monologue, but you know, it's it's about observing how your team starts interacting. Yes. Wonderful. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is really really good stuff. Um, what are some typical leadership challenges that that leaders face, uh, and they where the framework can help them think through it? What are some of those challenges? I mean, one one major challenge is certainly self doubts. Mm. Um, I've recently given a, a TEDx talk about this topic, and for this, I did some research about you know what you know kind of challenges are out there, and there was one. One one uh, study conducted by one of the most renowned uh, global consulting firms asking more than, I think, 7,000 leaders from more than 100 countries, do you feel prepared for the leadership challenges ahead? And only 17% said definitely yes. Wow. Yeah, it's, I think it was contrary. Um, and, you know, for me, it shows, you know, that, you know, Shows me one thing, you know, that people don't really know how to go about leading people and groups. Yeah. But shows also that, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt in in this leadership area. You know, am can I really do it? And 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 myself, as I didn't know how to lead how to do it, I also had self-doubts a long time. Yeah. When I started out, I thought you know, really I had to tell everybody what to do. Right. I still remember this in my in my law firm, you know, when I was pretty junior, you know, I was onto everything. Yeah, but that's not leadership, you know. Um, so it's also for me about walking this path. Then crucial conversations is another leadership challenge, you know. Do you really want to give negative feedback? How do you deal with conflicts? 
And I think also here, if you think about the framework again, the trust, if you have trusting relationships, you can have these conversations. Yeah. Like at least yeah. easier. Yes. Uh, there are many challenges like not being able to delegate. And 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 here another pillar of the framework is empowerment. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And the buzzword. Yeah? Empowerment is for me not not giving the tools and resources people need. It's about, you know, enabling the team members to make important decisions. Yes. So that we do not become bottlenecks. Yes. And at the same time, it motivates people. It, it reinforces the trust because they see that we trust in their capabilities. And, yes. if you, and if you have followed the framework and have created a strong team, why, why would I now, you know, want to approve everything? Right? You know, it feels a little bit like losing control, but empowerment is not about losing control. It's about giving control to the people who can best handle it, to the strong team. Yes. So this is also a way why this element of the framework helps leaders overcome the leadership challenges. Um, but yeah, probably 10, 12 challenges. Um, communication is certainly also, also a topic. And I think if there will ever be a second second uh, edition of this book, probably communication will be a new pillar. Yeah, I mean, such an important part of leadership. We 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 cover that, you know, a number of different guests talk about communication on the show because it's yeah, it is a big element in in the leadership journey as well. Uh, I think I love what you're talking about with respect to empowerment. Um, one of the things that we taught we learned in the Navy was that you could that you 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 have to delegate authority, but as a leader you maintain responsibility. What does that mean? It means that you give your team you know, the ability to make the decisions and to make the call, but you as leader are ultimately responsible. You don't give up that. And and so a lot of times in corporate, what I saw was we delegated responsibility and we maintain authority. So we, we, we would hold our team members accountable for the results and they, you know, fire them, write them up, yell at them when they didn't reach the goals. Right. But then we kept all the authority at the leadership level and you have to come to me for permission. And so it's just the opposite that we want to try to get to, which is we delegate authority but then we as leaders are also ultimately responsible for the outcomes of the business. And we don't, we don't ever give that up. We're responsible. Great. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I, I just use different, different terms. Yeah. I, I, I always say I can delegate responsibility. You, I can say you are responsible for this and that, but ultimately accountable. Yeah. I'm ultimately accountable yeah. because whatever, you know, I, I hear people say, you know, it is his fault, you know, but, you know, <laughs> either you have hired that person or you have hired the person will have hired that person. Yes. Or you have created the team. Whatever the team doesn't get right, it's ultimately your fault as leaders. You are, you are in charge of leading people. Yes. Of making sure. So it, you can delegate responsibility, but you can never, ever delegate accountability. That's the terms I use in this context. Similar, yeah, same concept, but the idea is that you we own it. You know, if if, yeah, if exactly. something goes wrong on your watch, it's your fault as the leader. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, what you know, we're getting close to the end. What final message would you like to leave uh, to all the leaders that are listening into this show from uh, from the book or your experiences? Yeah, um, thank you for this opportunity. My my TED talk, I, you know, I ended it with the following. You know, I asked, "What if we went back to work and applied the leadership house framework?" I'm convinced 
we could become more effective leaders, right? Mm. And then I said, what if we also shared the leadership house framework with our leadership teams and the broader organizations? I'm convinced we could turn our followers into leaders ourselves, uh, themselves, and suddenly maybe the leadership, effective leadership, trickles down the organization. And, you know, if, if we come back to the 17% of Conferry, creates people, more than 70% in organizations, who embrace leadership and know what to do. So my, 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 my wish would be, you know, if you like the framework, if you find value in it, share it, apply it. Um, and then hopefully, you know, this book is not about, you know, unfortunately, you're also an author. It's not about getting rich. It's about helping other people to become yeah. better. Yeah. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share it here with you, Jan. And I'm happy if, if, if people find value in it, reach out to me and tell, tell me it was helpful. Thanks a lot. Whatever. Also negative feedback, certainly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how, how can um, our listeners find out more about you and this new book? Yeah, I mean, the new book is, is already, it can be pre-ordered on, on Amazon. And I think if, if, you, if you broadcast this episode, it's already available on Amazon. Uh, Wiley will also put it in the bookstores uh, across the globe. I hopefully stumble over one at one point in time. I can't wait for this moment. <laughs> so yeah, last night, I always say uh, it's, it's, it's always fun to see your book in the wild, I call it. In the wild, you see yeah. your own books. So, oh, that's my book. <laughs> that's, you know, I, I can't wait to have this uh, uh, opportunity. No, and, um, and they can also certainly on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, to be honest. And, and uh, there's a website, patrickflesner.com, um, where you can also contact me. Um, I'm also doing keynotes. So if, if you think leadership is a topic, please reach out. Happy to do so. Okay, fantastic. We're going to put links in the show notes for those resources. Uh, the, the book is called The Leadership House, and it gives a framework, an excellent framework for leadership told in a story, which is interesting, and you're not going to want to put it down. I highly recommend this book. It's called Leadership House. It's brand new. It's coming out. Uh, it'll be here at the at the end of April. It'll be coming out, and uh, and so we'll have links in the show notes. I highly encourage you to pick this book up if you're struggling to get your hands on what is leadership. This is going to give you a framework to help you understand that. And it's Patrick. I really appreciate you writing this book because I think you're right. It's hard to. It's like it's like Jello. It's hard to get a hand handle on leadership. It's a lot of different things, and so developing the framework I think makes it easier for leaders to get their hands on and understanding what, what leadership is all about. So uh, thank you for writing this book. And leaders, I highly encourage you to check it out. Check out the links uh, below. So Patrick, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing this new book. And uh, I wish you the best with uh, with this book as it comes out. And, and I, hope it, uh, I hope it really takes, uh, takes hold and it sells all over the world. Thanks so much. And I really appreciated this conversation. It was really fun. And as I said before, you know, talking with someone who's so knowledge knowledgeable about leadership is always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, thank you as well. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.